Thank you for listening. My name is Joel. We have uh, a packed house tonight, so I'm very excited. Uh, we got regulars, Sam and Eli. Sam and Eli, how you guys doing? Hi. Hey. Uh, and we've got special guest, Bob. Welcome, Bob. How are you? Real good. That was Bruce Hornsby, The End of Innocence. Live, walking us on. <laughs> that was a Bob request. <clears throat> the most soulful walk-up walk up music, perhaps, <laughs> that anyone can walk up to the plate to. Right, that's a good call. Sam had talked earlier about using the walk-up music to psych someone out. Bruce Hornsby <laughs> might be able to do that. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. What game could be more innocent than baseball? This is the age of the innocent. This is perfect walk-up music. <laughs> well, I'm just not sure it like strikes fear into the heart of the pitcher. You know what I mean? No, no, but it will catch them off their game. Yeah, that's true. You think it would? You think it would just? They just start thinking about like, you know, their relationships and how they haven't been, haven't really been putting the time in that they need in their personal life and how they're kind of sad. Yes, all their regrets in life. Right. <laughs> also, I think Tell that that more, song called, <laughs> I think that that cut song is called "The End of Innocence." So, yeah, uh, it is. Not the if eight. baseball is innocence, I hope it's not the end of it. <laughs> well, we've already gone through PEDs. We've already gone through juiced balls. We've already yep. got home run king Barry Bonds. So, yeah, you know. these these pace of play rules. That oh, bring yeah. it down. That, that's Ooh. true. Ooh. Ooh, boo, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, what were you saying, Sam, that in minor league rules, they're going to start um, extra innings with a runner on second? Yeah, that was Eli, I think. Oh, was that Eli? I think yeah, he investigated right. that. Eli, isn't it starting the 11th inning? Nope, just extra innings right away. Well. Huh? And are they, oh. they're doing it single A and double A, right? Correct. Okay. And who gets on base? Is it the guy who got out last the previous inning? You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. But it sounds like uh, if, if we're playing as Bush leagues as it sounds, and that sounds like the most logical thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Reward the guy who just struck out to end the inning last time by putting him on second base. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's true. We should rename the minor leagues the Bush Leagues now. There you go. They're and also impl implementing a 20 or 25 second pitch rule. Yeah. Right, which is fast. Which is pretty fast, especially if you get a Nomar Garcia Parra like guy up there. So, how much time <laughs> do they hope they're going to save by doing this? Right. 
save 10 minutes in a nine-inning game, it's not much. It's Maybe not going to change the game. No, no. It'll just irritate people. It already has irritated people. Right. It irritates me. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they feel like they're losing fans, so they're trying to find new methods of driving away the fans that are that still left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then they, exactly should, right. they should have required reviews all the time. Every play right, yeah, gets exactly. reviews. Every play, every pitch. <laughs> like, was that a strike? I don't know. Let's go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Eight hours later. <laughs> yeah. Right, we want to start the game by putting a pitch clock, but we're just expanding these, like, ten-minute reviews every year. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you get it right. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, speaking of uh, trying to do funky things in baseball, uh, they just announced this afternoon that they're exploring the possibility of doing a two-game series between the Red Sox and Yankees in 2009 in no other than London. 2019. 19, sorry, yeah. Going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if it were 2009, they'd be on to something. Yeah. Uh, Let's go back to the golden age of baseball. (laughs) Way back in 2009. That's some Doctor Who shit. Um, That would be kind of cool. It's working so well for the NFL, right? So why not do it with Major League Baseball? Yeah, I guess so. I think they were probably more onto something by having a series in Mexico, in Mexico City, though, don't you think? Yeah. Like Tokyo, don't they? Like really, going to bring baseball to London? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah it's true. Like, what is this? Well, yeah, Ugh. that makes me frustrated. They should do, yeah, they should do it in Havana, in Tokyo. <laughs> they're doing it where there's money. That's why they're going to London. Yeah. Obviously, they should do it throughout the Caribbean, but there's no money there, mm. at least among baseball too, fans. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, it's all about money. Right, right. That's true. Um, that's a good point. Well, it's also like 100 degrees in the Caribbean during baseball season. Like they'd have to go like really early in the year. That's why they play winter ball down there, because yeah. it's hot. So, Bob, you were at a tennis match recently. That's right. Did you want to tell us how, where, where were you? Do you want to tell us about that? Because I don't know anything sure, about I, tennis. Uh, I know nothing about tennis. So the biggest tournament beyond the four majors, which are Australia, uh, Paris, London, and, and the U.S. Open in New York, is the BNP Paris sponsored by the bank open which is held in indian wells california indian wells about 25 minutes further out in the desert from palm springs in my opinion it's one of the greatest tournaments ever because it's the one place you can go we are almost guaranteed not to be rained on sam will tell you we've been to the u.s open in queens and been rained on 
perhaps every time we've gone. Now they put a roof on the stadium, but that's only one stadium. There are 20 courts there that have matches. Uh, they can't build roofs fast enough to to make me want to go to the U.S. Open over the. Uh, I almost fell asleep. Sam did. He fell asleep on the infield at the U.S. Open <laughs> after complaining bitterly about paying $22 for a hamburger. <laughs> Not even a cheeseburger, I, but a hamburger. That sounds legitimate. I feel like that's every trip yeah, I ever I'm, take to Queens. We, we got up really early. Yeah. You go, <clears throat> you go to Queens, it rains. You, you pay too much. You pay too much for a hamburger, and then you fall asleep. <laughs> fall asleep in protest to the prices. Yeah, exactly. So, who did you see play? Did you see so, any so, famous people? Yeah. So yeah. Roger Federer, uh, who's, who's arguably the great, uh, the goat of tennis, of men's tennis, anyway. Uh, Made it to the finals. He lost yesterday. We were not there, but we saw him play a match earlier in the week. We went five times, I think, uh, and we go every year because we're in Vermont, and it's a way to get away from the snow. We got three <laughs> feet of snow while I was there. That's <laughs> <laughs> so much snow. <laughs> so who beat Petter in the finals? He was beat. He was defeated by uh, an Argentinian. Uh, Del Potro, Juan Martin Del Potro, and he died and then he won the U.S. Open 10 years ago. Yeah, he won the Olympic four, gold medal, too. And he, he's had four rich surgeries since that have, wow, have limited his ability to play. And he sort of fought through them all. He's one of the nicest guys, uh, based on what you read in the interviews you see in the men's tour. Uh, and he beat Federer in what uh, was one of the best matches of the year, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Federer had come into yesterday's match 17-0 and in 2000. If you think about that, the guy's 37 years old, which is ancient for right. men's tennis. Right. Uh, and he's still winning tournaments. He won the Australian Open. He won two majors last year of uh, an incredible athlete. Um, but not the best tennis player ever because I think that goes to Serena Williams, actually. Yeah. She's yeah. dominated her sport a lot more than Roger has. Yeah, yeah, I was a lot actually, of pushback on that, but I think that's true. And Ryan Howard still gets paid also, more than she does. Huh? And Ryan Howard still gets paid more than she does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan Howard. He's dead. Now, Serena Williams play, right? What? I did. I saw her play Venus. And here's an interesting statistic about her. The has won more matches against Serena than anyone else. I knew that. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think uh, Venus is, is, is only won about a third of her matches against her sister. Yeah. See, Nadal has beaten Federer twice as many times as he's played him. But not lately. Mm. Is, uh, isn't Federer older than Nadal? Yes, Nadal's 31, I think. Uh, uh, and Nadal was injured. He wasn't at this tournament. Djokovic was at the tournament, but got knocked out early. He, he's coming off 
And uh, Andy Murray, who's the other one of what the so-called Big Four, he was injured and not at this tournament. Uh, but this was the, Serena's first tournament back after having a kid, right? Not only after having a kid, but after having almost dialed yeah. in, uh, died after childbirth, if you can believe what you read. She got some her condition. So she was pretty pleased with her play. She won a, uh, a couple of matches before she had to play her sister, and she lost to her sister in the third round, or maybe the fourth round. Uh, Who ended up winning the Pretty good. Did Venus end up winning? Venus lost in the semifinals to a young woman from Russia named Dasha Kazakina. It's really a comer. And the finals, which was yesterday in the women's side, was a 20-year-old Russian and a 20-year-old from Japan named Naomi Osaka. And Oh, she's cool. And she, Osaka won the match, and if you get a chance, you should Google her acceptance speech. It is the funniest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> a 20-year-old was not prepared to, to make a, an acceptance speech at a, at a tournament like this when she got the trophy, and she sounded like a 14-year-old. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I must say, it was really fun. Was that who posed major... Victory, first win. Yeah, that was her first major victory. Yep, a big win for her. Yeah, I think she won. I think the winner got one point three million dollars, something close to that. So wow. it was a big payday. So the next, the next major is the French. Is that right? That's right. In May. And so Nadal, uh, looking at the men's side, he's hurt, and he's always the favorite on the clay, right? So does that mean that Federer will be the favorite at that tournament? No, I think for one thing, Nadal will be back. These okay. guys, as they get older, they go out to play places where they think they can win. Federer has done that in the past. Obviously much better on the red clay than any of these guys. And uh, I think we'll see him in some of the warm-up tournaments in maybe Madrid or Rome or Barcelona. So he'll still be the favorite. He'll always be the favorite till he retires on clay. Mm. <laughs> so when you're at a tennis match, yes. uh, there's certain etiquette that you expect to follow, <laughs> right? Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, yes, there's a lot of rules. You can't make noise during points, obviously. You can't uh, uh, heckle. Uh, it's not like any other sporting event, and there are actually tennis players who wish that was would change. None more than John McEnroe. Right. <laughs> he thinks that he thinks that cheering ought to be allowed, and that you ought to play lets on the serve, which is when the ball skips off the top of the net and drops in. He's he's for a more freewheeling game. On the other hand, he's a pretty freewheeling dude. <laughs> Yeah, he is. <laughs> On the other hand, there are people who complain bitterly about the grunting in the game, which, if you didn't see it, there was a story in the New York Times last week that pretty much a pretty good scientific study that analyzed grunting and instead in sports where there's a lot of quick twitch muscle uh, activity like weightlifting and tennis, mm. grunting 
can give you as much as 10% more power. Huh. Uh, so wow. the people who want to take grunting out of tennis, well, up myself. Yeah, make tennis <laughs> well, Here's a question: Does it does it have to be so over the top? Because I mean, if you don't know anything about tennis, it, you might come away from a match only thinking that it's a grunting contest. <laughs> only if you listen to the commentators, because that's all they talk about. The commentators waste a a good part of every tennis match complaining about the grunting. They ought to watch the tennis and give us their expertise. Well, what about that woman, um, what, what's her name, Azarenka? Who, yeah. Who, she shouts almost so long that she's just finishing her shout by the time the ball's coming back to her. She says that if the, if the noise goes on, as long as it takes to cross, to get the ball, to get to the other player, uh, declare it a fault. Uh, and that is definitely the case. That would definitely be the case for her. Her grunt is a scream. It's Ooh! I'm just thinking about Marshall Oates and watching. You know, we just we've been talking about the Olympics a lot, so I've got some of the Olympics on the brain. All those grappling sports, Taekwondo, Karate, Judo, they all grunt. They're trained to, to, you know, have those verbalizations to improve right. their moves. And that seems right. to me, why is it acceptable in one sport but unacceptable in this other sport? Well, tennis is a real highfalutin game. Right. It's, like, very proper. And let's be clear, tent, grunting is allowed in tennis. <laughs> it's just that there are a lot of people, if they had their way, they'd ban it. They haven't tried to do that yet, and Sam is right. It's clear in in other sports that that the grunt helps. Yeah. It helps. Plus, if you've been grunting since you were nine years old, which is when these guys start playing tennis, you're not going to stop at 22. Right. Just not. Right. Yeah. Well, and how would they police I, that? That would be the hilarious thing. You would need an additional judge to be like, Oh no, that was that was two decimals too high and a second too long. That's a, that's a foul. Point for the other guy. Replay for grunting, right? Yeah, they have instant replay for grunting. Yeah. Right. Listen to that again. <laughs> and then, that's what that's what happened. Don't bring when, in the baseball guys. Yeah, yeah, the MLB takes over tennis. We gotta slow this down. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like making shitty rules? How about you uh, take a look at the grunting problem in tennis? <laughs> well, maybe Joe Torrey could get involved in it. Right, right. I'm sure he would like that. Yeah. <laughs> right after they filled minor league with Quidditch players. <laughs> and this week in the Quidditch corner. Oh, yes. <laughs> I haven't been. I, I need to do some research about Quidditch. <sighs> that was fun. Um, yeah. So tennis. It's it strikes me as a country club esque sport, and so I think of it in, in the same terms as golf. But when I watch tennis, I'm always impressed with the amazing athletic skill that the athletes have. Whereas when I watch golf, I'm not impressed and I'm trying to figure out 
Right. Why this is a multi-million dollar industry right now. Well, that's because Tiger's back. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger wounds. Back and better than ever. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, though. Right? I mean, it, he lost. The, the athleticism that goes into a singles tennis match, in a men's game, they play the best of five. There have been tournaments... There have been matches that go more than five hours. Five hours of constant back and forth with, you know, brief two-minute breaks every third game. It's an enormous athletic endeavor endeavor to be a professional tennis player. Uh, And, you know, there used to be matches. It was a match between Andre Agassi and, Empress, I don't know, that went over five hours. It was one of the most exhausting things I've ever watched. Uh, uh, but golf doesn't do that. No. No, <laughs> no they ride around in carts. They have to carry their own clubs. <laughs> Actually, the pros walk, but they don't carry their clubs. <laughs> now, Federer and Tiger were pals that much. So, would they, they were. Yeah, they were but pals. not anymore? No, I think they may be. I just I don't know. They, they they earlier in their careers, they were were pals, and you know on the woman's side, um, Wozniacki from Denmark, she ran the New York Marathon at the end of the tennis season. It, uh, to be a professional tennis player and be willing to want to run a marathon. So here's another question I have about about the uh, <clears throat> culture of tennis because uh, it seems to me like tennis fans know a lot about the lives, the, the personal lives of each of the players. And uh, um, we were talking the other week about uh, NBC putting together all of these drama, back, dramatic backstories for all of the Olympic athletes, you know, that right. they came from so-and-so with this backstory, blah, blah, blah. And I wonder if that, uh, if, if that is a part of the game and, and a part of being a fan is also sort of uh, knowing and learning and reading about parts of the lives of the athlete that have nothing to do with tennis, which I would think is, is much different than, say, a team sport like baseball or football where you might know a little bit about the background of a player, but uh, it seems like it's much less. Well, you know, I, I think if you spend a lot of time Googling tennis players, you get the same information on, on all of them. It's pretty vanilla. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> yeah. very vanilla what they put up there. Um, they all you, go to the same tennis school in Florida, they, and they're they're all trained exactly the same way. And they do on court interviews. Well, so what are you going to look to do today? Oh, I'm going to take it one shot at a time. <laughs> I'm going to you know play my best game. She's really tough. Uh, played her before. Got to be better on my back end. They tell you nothing, and you can't find anything online beyond the fact that. Federer has two sets of twins. He's married to a former tennis player. He's made $80 million playing tennis, but you can't find out much more about them. So you, you're saying In that fact, the lives are pretty private then? 
I'm saying that that their lives are really private. I would say that there's just not a whole lot there. I think they play tennis their entire lives. Well, I'll give you an example. I think it was Murray, but maybe it was Djokovic, just had surgery, repair something on his arm. I've never read a story that tells you exactly what it was they did because they've never released that information. Imagine, you know, um, a Major League Baseball player has an arm problem. You know a lot about it. Uh, pretty quickly, so I, I think I, I guess maybe, is very closed. I guess that maybe my the thought that I have for that is that you watch a tennis match and each player has their box, and after every point, they go to the box for sort of the reaction from the mom or the girlfriend or the whoever it is, and and that seems like it's a little dramatic. They do do that. In fact, they're. They're endlessly uh, showing shots of the coach and the wife or the girlfriend or the children or the physio. Oh, we're beginning to see celebrity coaches. Um, Simona Halep, a Romanian number one woman at the moment, her coach is a guy named Darren Darren Cahill, who's a uh, celebrity coach because he's also a commentator. He was a player. He's a commentator for the... Uh, for ESPN and the Tennis Channel, and he's her coach. So, you know, I I feel like uh, that the journalism around tennis is lousy. In fact, Eli, you've got a friend who's a tennis journalist. You should tell him I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that that has anything to do to, like, tie back into the whole etiquette of, like, this is a sport in which you do not, you know, jeer or, like, heckle or, like, clap in between points? Do you think it has to do with that same sort of etiquette thing where, like, tennis journalists would, like, everyone would be aghast if they were to ask the tough questions, you know? Maybe. It's just, like, everyone is super proper and polite, and they wouldn't, like, ask, they wouldn't even dream of asking uh, Djokovic what's wrong with his arm because that would be, like, rude. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to, I mean, I think that the, the people you see on TV won't ask those questions, uh, whether right. the print journalists and other broadcast journalists do that in the press conferences, you don't see, I mean, uh, to, to be fair, tennis makes their players available so well coached they never say anything, you know? Right. You, you, you rarely sue, see what the real emotions must be. Hmm. I think they're fairly, fairly, um, I mean, just overly coached. Right. Uh, so you can't really see what kind of human being they are. If you read Andre Agassi's book, you get a real picture of, you know, how these players are raised from 10 years old. Right. You know, from 10 years old, they're in this system. They don't go to school. They go to these academies. They play tennis. That's their life. Right, no other sport is like that. Yeah, right. They get into juniors. I mean, let's face it: baseball has little league and Babe Ruth and high school and AAU teams. But you're basically living with your parents in the town you grew up in. These people all move to Florida or to or to um, Spain and go to academies. It actually sounds a little comparable, or or somewhat comparable to what. 
Sam was talking about about a few weeks ago with the athletes of the Winter Olympics. They're you know they go to the ski schools and move out to Colorado to be near the mountains or whatever it might be. Same sort of backstory there. And in the summer they go to Chile. The skiers all go to Chile in the summer. Uh, I mean, you know, it's very, very tough to be a a professional athlete. I think exceptionally hard on families to be a professional tennis player. And if you're not in the top 100, you're not making money. Right. 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 Uh, Well, speaking of that, did you see the uh, alt-right tennis guy was here at your tournament? (laughs) No. Who was that? Remember that guy? The Australian? No, he's American. Yeah, but he was winning at, we talked about this a while ago, he was winning at the, uh, he was a a dark horse guy, suddenly did very well, I believe it was at the Australian Open. Open. Everyone. I remember this. I don't remember who it was. Right. Yeah. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And the media. Kirk. It's like K K Y G. What was his name? The media started looking into him, and I think it was his. He was. was I can tell you this. He was. He was not in at the Indian Wells tournament. He wasn't there. No. Uh, But I. But you're right. I mean. Oh, Tenny Sandgren. Yeah, Tenny Sandgren. Yeah, Sandgren. Tennis. His name was Tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tennis Sandgren. Right. <laughs> well, and that's like kind of an example of like. But it spelled like Game of Thrones stuff. Him got out, and it was like a huge story. <laughs> You're right. Deletes tweets after denying far right sympathies. Right. <laughs> that's gonna be what. That's gonna. He's like, just because I posted it on Twitter doesn't mean I believe it. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what's like going to happen to me game. when He's I get like famous. tweeting Pizzagate stuff. So here's something that, that I was su- not surprised to learn at this tennis tournament. Here in Vermont is, is increasingly an aging sport. Tennis players are older each year. Younger people aren't playing tennis. It's a tough climate here for tennis, and I've just always associated it. With that, baseball has the same problem here. But this woman in the stadium was the president of the Tennessee Tennis Association, or past president, actually. She told me the same thing exists in Tennessee. And that has tennis in the name. (laughs) Tennis in the name. I was going to say, I was thinking about that. Tennessee Tennis Association. Say that five times fast. Increasingly... Uh, young people aren't playing tennis. They're certainly not joining tennis clubs. Okay. So those tennis clubs are in trouble. Okay. And in fact, she made the larger statement that that people your age and younger don't join anything. Right. Clubs. Yeah. Is that true? are killing <laughs> tennis. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Except for like the Nazi party. That's what we're joining. Uh, yeah. I mean... People our age and younger don't have any money. Right. That's the problem. I think that's a huge thing. It's like join join a tennis club? No thanks. Yeah. They'll they'll go to CrossFit. You know, people your age join gyms. They go to CrossFit. They they're spending their money other ways, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're not that young, Bob. 
we're older than. And I was going, I was going to say that, and then I thought, who am I to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was being polite to him. Thank you, I appreciate it. We're not that young. Um, so, right, because you've got. Let's get back to the Winter Olympics conversation <coughs> that Eli had brought up earlier. Because I know the Winter Olympics is having issues trying to find venues. They're going to have to go to Kazakhstan at some point because no one wants to host the Winter Olympics. Because you have these cost-prohibitive sports that require you to join an academy at age nine and spend every, you know, 20 hours a day training. And it separates you from your friends and family, etc. You know what I'm saying? You need yeah. you need you need accessible sports. And what are those? Soccer. Soccer is an accessible sport. Yeah. Running. Mm-hmm. You can do that anywhere. You can run anywhere. You don't even you need can shoes. Run anywhere. Yeah. Basketball. I think basketball is pretty uh, accessible. Although even in basketball you have the AAU culture that, that costs a lot of money to play AAU, AAU yeah. basketball, yeah. even at the lowest levels. Yeah, they they raise all the money. And I wonder how that's going to change basketball culture in the next ten to twelve years as as these kids get older. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So here's a question yeah. Yeah, on that subject. If, if the shoe companies have tainted college basketball with their money, do you think it's tainted basketball at the lower levels, at high school and AAU? Ooh. Yeah. Because I, it does I, cost a lot of money. I would assume so. I would definitely assume so. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, with, I think with absolutely no evidence to back me up. Yeah, that. yeah, that's why that's why this podcast is the best podcast. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Uh, but I don't know. Speaking of college basketball, a sport I do not care about except for about three weeks of the year. This is pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, so here's a here's a little theory that I have um, about that that point that you're talking about that no one is joining tennis at a young age no one's joining baseball at a young age you know they're talking about Pop Warner and football kids not being around and my theory and there's probably people out there that have similar thoughts on this but the world of streaming has changed how we're entertained in a big way Whereas you used to want to go out and maybe play sports or at least watch them on television when they were on, but now you have the access to any of your favorite television shows with the press of a button that you can then sit and watch for <laughs> 15 hours in a row, uh, which doesn't require much effort as far as entertaining yourself goes. Right. Um, I, I talk to a lot of people my age, and they never watch a baseball game, and they they rarely watch sports in general. And I wonder if that, uh, how much that's playing into that trend. I think it's going to break the the financial model, or it's going to force the financial model to change. 
which is why sports like tennis might be struggling. Right? Right now, I think you're going to see these these outside what the big two really. I think, I think I hate to say it, I think baseball is going to struggle. I think you're going to have the big two of, in America at least, of football and basketball, and the other sports are going to struggle to retain uh, uh, profit margins, unless they can figure out a way to monetize streaming. What That's what's happening right. to the music industry, right? You, you, you've got, you know, Rihanna and Kendrick Lamar are making money, and nobody else is going to be able to break into the industry to make it profitable. Well, then you think about a sport like tennis that's really only watchable on cable TV if you have the tennis channel or you're watching one of the majors and have ESPN2 <laughs> or the rarity that it's shown on NBC ESPN or you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but, like, you, you know, you can watch <clears throat> the big sports on, on the big uh, cable networks. It's probably even harder for a secondary sport like tennis. To garner young fans who can't even watch it, even if they had wanted to. Well, and even ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, they are struggling financially right now. Yeah, they are not doing well yeah. as a business. So I don't know what. That's good. Right. I hate ESPN. Yeah, I hate ESPN also. I, they also I had feel... a serious culture problem, which required that they unload <laughs> a whole lot of people. Like I feel, I don't know how I feel, but I hate ESPN. But I depend on ESPN, so I don't want them to go away because I'm addicted to them because I need their product. Right, yeah. But I love that they are struggling, so I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Mostly I'm a bad person. You know, there are people who don't even watch ESPN and they don't watch the game, but they're sports fans and they just go online and they watch the highlights, the Michigan State. Ohio State football game. Partner, he goes online and watches the highlights of the game. Yeah, he doesn't watch the game; he just watches the highlights. Yeah, I realized and, last week that that gives you a very different impression of how sports works. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you watch the highlights of a college basketball game, you're like, "Whoa, those guys are amazing!" And then you actually watch the college basketball game, and you're like. These guys are not very good at this sport. They're missing yeah. most of their shots. <laughs> this is not the Golden State Warriors I'm watching right now. Yeah, they just scored 35 <laughs> points in three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's, why, that's why you didn't get that scholarship. Uh, sorry. Yeah. No, but all great. of this talks about how consumers have changed, how they think about and look at sports and some sports aren't going to make it. There's no question. Quidditch, however, there's a future in Quidditch. (laughs) This week in the the Quidditch quarter. And Blurns Ball. (laughs) Blurns How about Calvin Ball? Have you ever talked about Calvin Ball on this show? Uh, Have we not talked about Calvin Ball on this show? Oh my god. We, We might have. Uh, that's a I think huge, you need Nick for that. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. omission on our part if we haven't talked about Calvin Ball. I feel like I feel like Jesse has talked about Calvin Ball. Yeah, that's a Jesse topic. 
He understands. The best Calvin Ball plot was where he teaches his babysitter how to play Calvin Ball, and she figures it out, and then she, like, wins at Calvin Ball. Yeah, she beats him at her own game. Yeah, yeah. And that makes him go in to, like, take a bath or something. He, she gets, or go she, eat or do she, No, he's got to go to bed. She wins. She wins, and by yeah. winning, he has to go to bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we should dedicate another <laughs> episode just to talking to him about the ins and outs of Calvin Ball. <laughs> yeah, I got to bone up on Calvin Ball. <laughs> you, can't, you can't bone up on Calvin Ball. <laughs> There's no rule book that you can go read. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Okay, do you guys want to talk about baseball or college basketball? Uh, we should probably talk about college basketball, although I'm going to start off this segment by saying I haven't watched any college basketball since the <laughs> started. Nice, good. I since I've been at a tennis tournament, I haven't watched any basketball. <laughs> but I was a guest appearance. Mine was a guest appearance, so I'm signing off. Here. Are you going to sign off? All right, Bob. Thank you for coming. coming yeah, on. thanks for coming on. I'd love to come again, so just let me know. Oh, anytime. Excellent. Anytime. All right. We need we need Take more care. Red Sox talk. Oh, bye. Yeah, we don't need more Red Sox um, talk. I lied. We have enough Red Sox talk. What's that? We don't need more Red Sox talk. I lied. <laughs> yeah, you were you were you're dangerously outnumbered with that many Red Sox on this podcast. I think my dog is stealing my chicken. So, uh... <laughs> no, okay. Dog is not. Go do what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we're good. My dog stole. My dog ate my wife's calzone starter tonight. You guys. I think last week your dog had just gotten into a bunch <laughs> of like this dog uh, is chick- chicken from the fridge, right? Chicken steak and ground like beef. Steak. Yeah. yeah. Sixty dollars worth of meat. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like your dog is eating better than you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, he's putting us in the poorhouse too. Uh, I, I, I'm eating, I'm eating top ramen, and he's eating T-bone steaks. What the fuck's up with that? Well, that was a pretty good tennis that's, session. That's where the millennials are, are spending their money is on their damn dogs. Yeah. I don't think I'm a millennial. Aren't they older than a millennial? I feel like I'm. No, nope, sorry, bro. Am I a millennial? Nineteen eighty four. Whatever. You sure are. Well, like eighty one is the first year. I hate all the things that millennials hate too. All those, all those posts on millennials are killing TGI Fridays. Motherfucker, TGI Fridays sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's what? being a millennial. Is also, it? you post on social media more than anybody else that I know. Right. I love social media. <laughs> Like you're on Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook all the time. All the time. Yeah. <clears throat> like, that's yeah. all pretty millennial stuff. You don't go to TGI Fridays. No. You probably eat short ribs. I haven't in a while, but that, I should rectify that because short ribs are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you are what you are. You know? Hey. Hey, short ribs are great. Short ribs are great. TGI Fridays sucks. 
Yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a cable subscription. Right. Why would you? There's the internet. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, college basketball. So I have watched yep. a little bit of college basketball, and it's been pretty exciting. In my work pool, we talked a little bit last week about work pools. Right now, in my work pool, my, my friend who's in first place, three of the four teams that he has picked to make the final four are out. Mm. And he's in first place out of 30 people, 30 brackets. Damn. So much, yeah, that's a pretty he, he probably, bracket. Yeah. He probably won't be in first for very much longer. It depends. It, he uh, the other If Duke does well, he'll get passed. Otherwise, I mean, every, Virginia's out. Most people, a lot of people would pick Virginia to win. Michigan State is out. A lot of people pick Michigan State to win. Those are yep. two big ones. Uh, some smaller ones, Arizona... Who's the other top top like one and two? Oh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. You're yeah. big Cincinnati. So yeah. I had two brackets, yeah. and in one of those brackets, I had Virginia winning it all, and they lost, of course, to the 16 seed for the first time yeah. in what 135 16 yeah. to one matchups by, t- by 20 points. It, w- it was it was 20 points. It wasn't even close. Points. Yeah. And then in my other bracket, I have Cincinnati winning, and they had yeah. a heartbreaker. They gave up 20 a 20 point to lead to lose. Yes. Uh, they just, I mean, I watched that game, and if, if you could uh, put a game under the definition of choke artist, it would have been that game. Yeah. It no, was pathetic. I've got a couple of Portland Trailblazer games from the 1990s I'd throw up there, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just the Portland Trailblazers in general. <laughs> 13 winning, 13 and 0. They were still cruising. Now I'm paying attention again. I'm like, oh shit! I need to start paying attention again. Trailblazers are good. That's a that's a bandwagon, which is also the home wagon. Right? How do I get back on my home wagon bandwagon? That's a question. <laughs> um, have like a, oh, so go ahead. Probably have like a jersey somewhere, right? No, I have a hat. Yeah, there you go. Just start wearing that around town. It's signed by uh, Clyde Drexler, actually. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's yeah. legit. Yeah. Nobody even knows who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how legit it is. Yeah. It's got somebody's name on it that like, basically doesn't exist. <laughs> he said some weird things. Um, anyway, so my other... Oh, no, my same friend. Okay, so the same guy who I think I'm going to try to get on another podcast at some point. He's into college football really big. So when college football rolls around, try that. But he, he made two brackets for our pool. He's, his one is in first place, just because everybody's bracket is busted. His other bracket is in last place, because he picked every pick on a coin toss. Now, I thought that... So- Total randomness is not is not actually a good idea. Right. <laughs> because when he did it, I was like, "You're a genius, motherfucker." That's a genius idea. Turns out it's not a genius idea. 
<laughs> Turns out it's a terrible idea. <laughs> that is a terrible idea. Because that's what I always thought the appeal of Moach Madness was. It's a, it's a random number generator that we get to watch on CBS. Right. Except this one. I like it for the... Because I like the exploitation of child labor. Right. <laughs> They're adults. Well, they're not getting paid. <laughs> they're not getting paid. Yeah, but they're not it's children. Like, that's true. Yeah. It's just, just exploitation. It's just, just, like, it's just yeah. regular exploitation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hungry, hungry huskies. Hungry, hungry huskies. All right. I felt like we were getting deep and, and serious, and then Bob left. And then you guys let me just start talking, and now the podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the Quidditch corner. <laughs> <laughs> I got some things to say about baseball, though, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Baseball. Okay, yep. This is ostensibly a baseball oh. podcast. Yeah, what is baseball? <laughs> yeah, we started off with baseball. That's true. We did start off with baseball. That was pretty good. That's, we've already talked more about baseball than we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> Before going into extra uh, innings. It's good. It's yeah. good because we're warming back up to baseball season. You guys realize that it's less than two weeks away now, baseball yeah, season. It's going to be fun. We're getting there, guys. We're making it. We're making it through. <laughs> it's really exciting. It's so hard. It's so hard. <sighs> Anyway, the Chicago White Sox announced their starting pitcher for their first game of the, of the season. Uh-huh. And that starting pitcher is the one and only James Shields. Oh. He's <laughs> still around? Right. <laughs> right. He is their number one starter this season. Wow. Old, old Jimmy Shields. Um, is Bartolo Colon pitching second? <laughs> we need to we need to pick that guy up. Is what I'm saying. We need to definitely pick up Bartolo Colon because <laughs> this this is going to be a long, long season for the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> I believe in the two years. I'm looking this up right now. His ERA with the White Sox over the last two years is definitely over five. It might be in the five. He's been on there for two years. Yeah. This oh will, yeah. This will he be got a, traded to the White Sox. Yeah. From the Milwaukee, I mean San Diego Padres, which is the right. best thing that <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I mean San Diego. It's the best thing those those Californians have done in six or seven. It no, how many years? That that was the smartest thing, the Padres have done in a long time, is is trick us into trading for James Shield. Five point two, yeah. This is ERA, which was bad, which was an improvement from 2016 when his ERA was six point seven. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, but um, my the the good thing about that is that Kansas City's starting pitcher is going to be Danny Duffy. Oh, the porn guy. No. The drug guy. Drunk driving. Yeah, the DUI guy who, for some reason, because he got a DUI, the Kansas City Royals were like, oh, we're we're cutting down on the porn. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? You mean, like, alcohol, right? Like, you're not going to make your pitchers drink. Nope. No more porn. 
Yeah. Pornhub Porn is blocked on all official devices. You can't get on the Kansas City Chromebooks and go to Pornhub anymore. It's like, oh, I'm just watching, just watching some tape, coach. No, no, come in here. I'm watching tape. <laughs> I bet that happens. <laughs> I bet that happens more than we want it to have happen. Right. Yeah. There's a story today in the Kansas City Star, which, of course, is the major daily in Kansas City. And um, the lead is Danny Duffy is a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you should share that with us. I will post that. <laughs> Danny Duffy. But actually, he, he's donating. <laughs> this might be an incentive for him to not pitch well. He's, in, he's donating 500 or Last year, he donated $500 to Noah's Bandage Project, a charity that benefits the fight against pediatric cancer. This year, he's doubling down on that pledge to a thousand bucks per strikeout. Wow, damn, that's a lot of money. He strikes out a lot of people too. And yeah, we'll watch him halfway through this season run into some financial problems, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he's just throwing meatballs. And he's like, I gave the I gave the leukemia kids enough money this year. He's pitch starts pitching the contact. Yeah, fund is. <laughs> His porn habit. He he threw 188 strikeouts in 2016, which, which dropped is... down to 130 last year when he was paying money. <laughs> <laughs> Still, that's, well, a fair, that's a fair amount. He uh he is a reliever as well as a starter. Spends or has been in the bullpen a lot. Is that right? I think so. Well, last year it says he started 24 games and played 24 games. Oh, okay. So not last year. Well, hey, no, hey Sam, are you doodling? What? Are you doodling? Doodling? Yeah. There's a lot of noise coming from your... Yeah. Your, uh, Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Just shut up. <laughs> I, I had to pull the microphone away. Uh, um, well, one more piece of MLB news I wanted to share. I was listening to a different person's podcast. Um, Hardball Times. Sounds terrible. <laughs> no, you shut up, you guys. I was trying to get them to like mention us. God damn it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> No, no, it's cool. It's cool. We're way better. No, <laughs> um, but one of one of the uh, podcasters on Hollywood Times is a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I was oh, like, who? right, right. I, I, I was thinking, how many Tampa Bay Rays fans are there? Like five? <laughs> I don't know. But she was complaining. She was complaining about the Tampa Bay Rays. Because they just had their second uh, top pitching prospect have Tommy John surgery, <laughs> which sucks. Sucks for Tampa Bay, but also seems highly appropriate, I feel like. So they've had two pitchers, Brent Honeywell, the MVP of last year's All-Star Futures game, 
And uh, another right-hander, Jose De Leon, has become the second Tampa Bay Rays pitching prospects in less than a month to have Tommy John surgery. Oof. That's tough. That's, that, that's tough. That, that's all I had to say about that. That's tough. For a rebuilding team, I mean, in Tampa Bay, I mean, they sent Evan Longoria off to San Francisco. Right. <laughs> San Francisco is just now the, the farm upstate, you know what I mean? Where all the pets <laughs> go when they die. <laughs> it's like, oh, he can run and play and just drink clear stream water. <laughs> in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Is it a better place? Yeah. Archer for the, like, um, for, you know, the pitcher for Tampa Bay. Yeah, Chris Archer. Chris Archer. He's, like, asking the Tampa Bay pitching coach, just like, where'd Evan go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. don't, don't worry, Chris. He's in a better place now. We sent him upstate to San Francisco. It's a big farm. Oh, a whole bunch of other old dogs. <laughs> They're all playing and going to bed early together. <laughs> Chris, Chris Archer's like, CC, the same moon as me, coach? He sure does. He sure does, Timmy. He sure does. <laughs> I mean, Chris, whatever your name is, don't you have a job? Uh, yeah. So it's going to be a tough year for Tampa Bay. I feel like I still have more disrespect for the Marlins than for the Rays. I don't think I even disrespect the Rays. I don't know why anyone would be a fan of the Rays. They don't disrespect the Rays. There's well, a couple. Do you, do you respect them though? No. There's like there's like a difference yeah. between not disrespecting and respecting. Right. Like I have no respect for the Rays. As an organization. Right. But I disrespect the Marlins. I disrespect Derek Jeter. Yeah. And by extension, the Marlins. Yeah. Well, after what he did to the Middlebury Quidditch team, there's really no no respect to give to him. (laughs) Just gave away all their top prospects. (laughs) Speaking of Quidditch players, did you hear... uh, Tim Tebow got hurt in uh, spring practice for the Mets. No. Yeah, he stepped on a sprinkler. God. Uh, I heard that they demoted him because he sucked so bad. He was playing real bad. I don't know if they demoted him. He, He was not doing well because he's a terrible human being. Yeah. And that's how baseball works. If you're a bad person, you also we're bad at baseball. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of some pretty bad apples. <laughs> but Roger Clemens. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Paul Alex, O'Neill. Paul, remember that fucker? Ty Cobb. Barry 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 Buds. Coach Schilling. <coughs> Jason <Coach> Giambi. <laughs> Jose can take it. Basically all of them. Yeah, basically all of them. Basically every Yankee that ever played. 
You could probably chart, <coughs> chart that. That's actually probably a pretty high negative correlation, isn't it? What, good people versus good baseball players? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or percentage of good people, good baseball yeah. players who are also good, good people. Roberto Clemente, yeah. he, he was a good person. That, yeah, look what happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's sad. Too soon? Too yeah, too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> um, that's about it, though, huh? Yeah. yeah, that Venn diagram doesn't <laughs> that touch. That Venn diagram is not a big one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah touching. I mean, Babe Ruth was a drunk, but... Yeah. Huh. Honus Wagner? Yep. I bet Honus Wagner did some... Mordecai Three-Finger Brown? <laughs> Mordecai Three-Finger Brown. Uh, what about that uh, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates? Was it the Pittsburgh Pirates? The guy who... Allegedly pitched a game while he was tripping on it. Oh yeah, um, Doc Ellis. Doc, 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 Doc Ellis. Yeah. yeah, we we've done. I think we've done two Doc Ellis episodes. We'll probably have to do another uh, one this year. <laughs> I did. I just thought I did because I, I watched a uh, hit that documentary of his, and he's he's a very he's got a lot of hate in his life. He, I think he died. I think that's why we actually had one one of those episodes. Oh really? Died. Yeah. Uh, he's a good person, though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're good people. I think, like, David Ortiz is probably a good person, but that, you know, that's just he my bias. Like he, seem, he seems like a good person, but I don't know what he does on his days off. Maybe he's, you know, harassing immigrants. Well, I think he uh, probably just, like, tries to hang out with other famous people mm -hmm. and, like, do Instagram stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You know? Yeah. I feel like he just goes around and takes selfies with people. Who, Big yeah. Poppy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he did it right. You know, he had one of his best seasons ever in his last season. And then yeah. everyone was like, come on, stick around. And he's like, no. Play until you <laughs> suck. And he's like, nah, I'm going out on top, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the way to go. He, uh, no, never mind. I won't, I won't say it. Say it. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, good person. Yeah, good person. Yeah, no, no, good person. Player. But also, did I was gonna say he kind of did that too, where he kind of went out on top. All yeah. I'm saying is that nobody over seven feet tall is a good person. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like too much yeah. space for please evil to occupy. Some pizza. You know, pizza and wings. <laughs> yes, please order us some pizza and wings. That's that's recorded for all history. <laughs> You talking to Tim Duncan right now? The ghost of Tim Duncan? <laughs> I told you. Pizza and wings, Timmy. Pizza and wings. Alright, uh, no, we're done. It's an hour and two minutes. We gotta go. Um, because hour and twenty minutes is ridiculous, guys. Last week, hour and twenty minutes, that was goddamn ridiculous. Too long. Too long. Too long. Um, hey, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us. I am going to give a shout-out. Thanks for everybody who listened to us on last week's episode. It's a good episode. It's too long. But if you want to listen to baseball, just listen to the last 20 minutes of it. Uh, thank you, Brooklyn, for listening to us this week. Thank you, Centerville, Maryland, for listening to us this week. 
Easton, Maryland, which I looked up, seems like a quaint Chesapeake Bay uh, vacation town. I don't know. I've never been there. Um, what up? Uh, some of the uh, regulars. Portland, Oregon. Providence, Rhode Island. Managua, Nicaragua. Keep it keep it real, Nicaragua. <laughs> keep it uh, real, Nicaragua. Keep it real, Nicaragua. That's going to be my... New catchphrase. Um, <laughs> That'll be your sign off. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, instead of good night and good luck, <laughs> keep it real, Nicaragua. Uh, uh, all right, guys, you got anything else you want you want to mention before we leave? Nah. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah. I do. Goat. Bob mentioned goat. Federer is the goat of tennis. I understand that. Men's tennis. Men, men's tennis. Good, good point. I understand that. Growing up, you did not want to be the goat of the game. And right. now, in the common parlance, greatest of all time means goat. But I still... No, goat, goat. It's the other way around. Goat. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Goat means greatest of all time. I still have an initial reaction of, why the fuck would you want to be the goat? Right. The goat. The goat's like the butt of the joke. Yeah. The goat also, is, yeah. is, is, what's his name? Buckner. Buckner was the goat. Uh, yeah, exactly. The guy who misses the free throw to put the game away is the goat. Yeah. Right? And now everyone's like, oh. Federer's a goat. Tom Brady's a goat. LeBron James is a goat. You yeah. know, Tiger Woods is a goat. I, I, it still strikes me as odd and bizarre. Well, I guess we live in the age of not wanting to say full sentences if at all necessary. Yeah. TYT! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that. That's not even it. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I was trying to. What does that mean? T Y T L. Damn it. T T Y L. Oh, T T Y L. See, I'm not. I'm not one of these. One, one, two. Talk you two later. <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck my. L O L. Fuck my life. Fuck my life. No, that's F M L. Yeah, it's so much better to just say it though. Yeah. And also, I don't know. Sometimes I just put those in text messages and I just make one up and nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So but really they don't want to not be cool so they don't ask you. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. For, hey, I'm All coming right. to New York City. It's going to be snowing. But. Yeah, keep me posted. I'll bring, yeah, we will, we'll do a live podcast from New York City next week. Um, baseball is one week closer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, here's Bruce Hornsby playing us out. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be an hour and twenty minutes again.
Yes, I was addicted to the dark side. Somewhere inside my childhood, witnessed my heart die. And even though we both came from the same places, the money and the fame made us all change places. How could it be through the misery that came to pass? The hard times make a true friend afraid to ask. I've got receipt, but you can run to me when you need me. I never leave, honestly. Someone to believe in the 